And lads, we're back. We're back. Back again. Daniel, you were on time for the second half of the show. That's good. Oh, yeah, I was the guest drop in the last one. Thanks, guys. Yeah. <laughs> little, little Easter egg for everyone standing by. Yeah, but lads, yeah, I pulled the Ray Ferraro. What? Pulled the Ray Ferraro. Hey, <laughs> you're Ray Ferraro, then you know what? And then who's who's Doc Emmerich, me or Alex, I wonder? Which one's Eddie? Who feels it more? I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, though, um, I really do like that commentary team for the NHL games. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a little sad that Eddie, Eddie and Doc are gone. Anyway, though, lads, how have your quarantines been? Difficult. Okay. Getting busy. Trying to stay busy. Oh, yeah. I have not been finding myself things to do. I've been just been playing uh, Xbox. Yeah, I've been playing so much, so much NHL and 2K. Yeah, because I can't concentrate on my schoolwork. Like, I'm trying. It's just, but it's like I'm sitting inside all day. Like, how much do yeah. I and you have too much. You have, you have too much time for it. I know. I'm like, man, what the hell am I going to do? Well, hey, it's nice that Ryerson's changed it this semester to just pass-fail instead of a grade. I don't know how that's affecting scholarships, but... No idea. There's going to be some bad glass for whatever they do. What have you guys been doing? Like, I know you said NHL. Like, Adam, what have you been doing? Uh, Lego and GTA Five heists. <laughs> Man, just doing the prison break job. Had a really bad pilot who kept getting the vellum destroyed. I was doing the, the, um, the, I don't know. Do you guys play GTA Five at all? Yeah. You I, know I'm the story. Yeah, well, there, you know the third heist mission, Alex, where you have to steal the Hydra from the military thing? So I get in there, right? My teammates are complete crap, so I'm the one who has to take the Hydra, right? And as I'm about to land and complete the setup mission after about six attempts, the one guy, this one guy was idle for so long the mission failed, and I haven't touched the game since. So, but GTA V is such a fun game, I forgot how good it is. And the campaign, my dear God. I'm a big Trevor fan, big Trevor fan. Yeah, I've been playing a lot of NHL 20, mm-hmm. and I re-downloaded, because uh, I, like, I used to play Formula 1, but I re-downloaded it, and I've just non-stop just been playing Formula 1. And then at night... You've been what? stand-up too, eh? Pardon? You've been watching some stand-up too. Yeah. Every night, I watch one stand-up. I found myself, because I listen to a lot of Joe Rogan, like the podcast, so I just kind of grab guys that were on the podcast and I found this whole new set of people that I've never heard before but now I'm now I'm almost done that so I need new people to listen to so I'm open for suggestions the listeners should let you know please I've given you a suggestion of Jimmy Carr I think he's a British comedian he's really really funny and his laugh is like a goose and it's probably the best part <laughs> does he laugh at but, his own uh, jokes a little bit. Oh, good. A little bit. I, I like that. Like, I like that. He'll make. He'll do a bit, and then like the audience will laugh, and then he'll just do. I'm not gonna do an impression of his laugh because I yeah. want you to experience it. But it's it's hilarious. Like you'll get a second wave of laughter yeah. just for his laugh alone. But anyway, lads, we should enter into the hockey, or not really hockey first. Let's talk about COVID-19. Uh, unfortunately, uh, the death toll has exceeded 30,000 as of I think today. Uh, I woke up, looked at Twitter for it. And also, I think it was as of yesterday, Ontario itself, which is, of course, where we live, has banned public gatherings of five people or more. 
it's getting it's getting more and more. Isn't this supposed to be the worst week for it or next week is? No, that's the scary thing is no one knows. No one knows like that for me. And I know a lot of people have been saying this, too. It's like you just it's no one knows where we are on the curve. So, like, stay yeah, it's a weird in, time. Stay inside. I know you had some bone to bones to pick, Alex. What exactly is uh? uh my first set fun? of people, uh, whoever yeah. the hell runs EB Games, and uh, we had this, and I was supposed to bring it up. I forgot to bring it up. Um, so I guess last week. March, I have here March 20th, so the day before would have been March 19th, so about 10 days, 10 days ago, Animal Crossing came out. Yeah, New Horizons, great game, by the way. Yeah, and then, so people were lining up, I saw the picture downtown Toronto, the one that is close to, the EB Games that's close to Ryerson, just uh, south of Dundas Street on Young. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People were lining up. I can imagine other EB games uh, were open as well. The day after, or a couple days later, um, this is the letter EB Games Canada sent out. Uh, we want to let you know that EB Games Canada will be closing all stores effective end of business uh, day Friday, March 20th. And that was the day Animal Crossing came out, wasn't it? It was the day after. After, all right. I'm like, are you kidding me? And I think I had we had this discussion in our group chat, or I think it was just Daniel and I. Um, who I'm like, man, like it's on. Like I get, you want the disc. Number one, they can ship it to you. Like this is yeah, this is a thing. Number two, how about they give you the game online, and then you, if you really want the disc, they just give you an empty disc. Like, you have the logo with the box, get the empty disc. Like, it's really not a big deal. I had, this is the funniest thing I've ever seen. I got, I saw on Facebook the comments. I'm not going to say a person's name, but this is the comment. I pre-ordered Animal Crossing New Horizons at your Spruce Grove location in Alberta and, and was exceedingly disappointed that I was unable to pick up my order on launch day from your store. Just wait, just wait. I ended up buying it from Walmart instead, so now I'm short something like $85. Is there any way I can get a refund onto my EB account or something? So you pre-ordered the game and then spent double the money. What? You should have gone to Walmart in the first place because they offer it for like 20 cents cheaper. But that was a yeah. Why don't you figure out the refund before spending another eighty bucks in the game, you idiot? Like I ordered it online through the Nintendo shop, and I mean, there's no excuse for not just ordering it online at this point, really. No, and yeah, EB, apparently you it, want the disc. Apparently the box makes it better. Well, we we shouldn't be surprised that EB Games are people that are just trying to stretch this out because I believe they're going out of business as is. Well, yeah. It's, it that. I'm not giving them an excuse, Alex. I'm just saying that I, I, it doesn't no, surprise. I know, me. I know. And, and here's another thing I read. This this has to be the funniest thing. But I, I've been saying that, but I don't care. 
This is a tweet, March 20th, same day. Um, this is, Americans need to know date certain when this will end. The uncertainty for businesses, parents, and kids is just not sustainable. Alex has his... Uh, oh, they has can his... see, they can see, they can see. Oh, no, you're doing a video for this episode, aren't you? Oh. It's a pandemic, man. What do you mean? What do you mean? <laughs> do you, you want to know when this will end? I don't know when this will end. The President of the United States doesn't know when this will end. I don't think he thought it was going to be a big issue, to be honest with you, Alex. My kind of slept it under the rug God. for a bit there. And you know what? My last... Uh, I have one more thing to pick, people to pick with. The people in the United States or in Canada, the, the kids specifically, who are still outside and going to beaches. Mm. I, I mean, that picture you, you sent us. I hate you. I hate you. You, I be, This is, we're going on week three. I haven't left my house. Like, I haven't gone anywhere. Like, I've been going around the block for a walk every every couple of days. I have not left my house to go anywhere since March 13th. And here we are March 29th. I'd like to go outside eventually. Like, I'd like to go see people. I'm starting to... see you guys right now. Yeah, no, I see. <laughs> That's not what I mean, man. You know, like, oh, I know. I'm starting Daniel. to realize, like, the, the online classes, like, are great and all. Like, I get to sit at home. But when I'm sitting at home 24-7, like, I'd like to go downtown. I enjoy going downtown to school. Like, I could have just gone to the middle of nowhere for school, but I decided to go to Ryerson because I like going downtown. And they happen to have a good program. Yeah. So stay inside. Let's just get this over. Because if we don't do it now, we're going to have to do it eventually. And then at that point, we're going to have to stay inside for even longer. Okay? So just do it. Daniel. Yes. How have you been feeling? I've been okay. Um, trying my best to maintain a some sense of routine. But I don't know. I'm going to lie. The sleep schedule is trying to... What day? Pardon? What day is it? It's Wednesday. No, I'm kidding. I know oh, it's Sunday. No. <laughs> no. Um, I've seen a lot of those things online where people are posting like, I don't know who needs to hear this, but it's like it's Saturday or it's Sunday. <laughs> Man, like the day of the week doesn't even matter anymore. Honestly. Um, I'm kind of just trying to get the schoolwork done. Like a lot of my stuff all got extended, but mm-hmm. I don't know. Just want to get these things done but try to pace myself mm-hmm. think about what other things need to kind of improve it's kind of weird i've been barely home when i'm at school because of all the stuff and then now i'm always home so it's like it's like another adjustment period where it's like okay well i went from one extreme to the other yeah. you mentioned sleep schedule what are your guys' sleep schedules what are they looking like now um <laughs> i go to sleep Alex. at 1 a.m and I wake up at like ten or eleven. Okay, that's not terrible, Daniel. Yeah. Um. So there'll be days where I'll go to sleep at ten p.m. and then wake up at seven a.m. But then I'll take a nap midway through the day. And those oh. naps, like my last, 
my nap two days ago lasted six hours. Oh my god. Okay. And I, then I couldn't I couldn't I couldn't sleep the yeah, night I, the night. I don't know if it's just me, but like me just sitting here like yesterday I was sitting in my house all day just staring at a computer screen or a TV screen like because I was doing work and stuff and, and I'm like it's like three three or four in the afternoon and I'm just wiped like I'm exhausted like even now I've been staring at a computer screen since I woke up I woke up at 11 o'clock I took a shower I've been staring at a computer screen since I'm tired <laughs> Well, lads, shall we move on to the sports side of things quickly? Sure. Okay. Uh, quickly, rest of the show. And just, I guess, one more um, little disclaimer that I think we should be doing. Uh, anytime we talk about the virus, of course. Um, best wishes to anyone who is being affected. Of course, people keep the social distancing because that's the best way we can combat this pandemic. And, of course, when we talk about sports and that now, we change gears here. Um, please don't think we're undermining it and we think sports are the most important thing because we know it's not, but we are a sports podcast and we hope to provide some form of escape for you lovely listeners. So, guys, let's start off by talking about the fact that 2020 Tokyo Olympics have been pushed back to 2021. Yeah, that finally happened. Mm -hmm. That felt like it happened later than it should have. Uh, it seemed like it was in limbo. Like there was some fan, there was some sorry athletes were like, yeah, like Canada and Australia were the first. Uh, was it Australia or New Zealand? Australia, sorry, Canada and Australia were the first countries to officially say like we're not sending our athletes if it's going on the. I think it was July 24th is the start date. Like, we're not sending our athletes. And a day or two after, it was pretty much announced that Olympics are postponed. Whereas I think, whereas from what I read, some athletes were uh, kind of upset that it was canceled because it's so far away. Because, like, why you have to make this decision now? But I'm like, there's a couple ways of looking at it. Like, a lot of athletes who do Olympics. I was listening to, um, what's it called? The athletic podcast. The one they do every day. Now it's not coming to me. No. Oh man. I'll check. Oh, uh, the lead. It's called the lead. Um, and they had an Olympian on talking about, uh, the cancellation and, and she was explaining that most Olympic athletes are on four year cycles. Because, like, not everyone's Usain Bolt, not everyone's Michael Phelps, unless you are the best of the best, or you're in a, you're in a sport like basketball, uh, you're in a sport like hockey, where you're, getting, where you're playing during the year, most of the time, what are you doing? You're training. You're training, or you have to, you have to do, like, most of your money is... Like, you know what I mean? Like, I understand that you're on four-year cycles and fifth, and that fifth year could really screw something up. But there's a pandemic. Mm -hmm. I think, I think a, an, an answer to a lot of our questions today is going to be there's a pandemic. Or for the next couple months. I think that's fair. Um, you know what, though? I think you, you said something interesting there. Um, you brought up the mention that if it, it took probably a lot longer, this was in limbo. Daniel, what do you make about the fact that it seems like the ILC was a bit 
Mm, later compared to, uh, it feels like a year ago at this point, but it's been a few weeks since all the other major sports leagues uh, shut down the Olympics, waited until now to push back the um, these Tokyo games. I think it just goes with the progression of everything that no one really took it as seriously as we are now. Um, I don't know why they kind of kept thinking they could push this back, kept prolonging it, and when you kind of kind of see like what the situation is. So I think they kind of went with it, but I didn't like that. <clears throat> I noticed that that balance of things where you have the IOC going, yeah, we want this thing to do. Like we've invested Japan even said like, we're going to, this is going to happen guys. But then when you see like these athletes going like, no, we're not, we're not doing this. And I agree with like Alex, it's an unfortunate thing where <clears throat> that four year cycle and everything, it really does mess you up. Like what he kind of said, like not everyone is, a professional athlete that could do this every like you know yeah. throughout the year and most of them <clears throat> don't have sponsorships no yeah it's just the reality but it's also the IOC i think that was something i didn't bring up before it's the IOC they're going to push it as long as they can mhm i i think you we there is I do agree with you guys, but to Blaze Devil's Advocate, I think the level of planning in that that goes into an Olympics that I don't blame them actually for taking as much time as they did. Um, I do give them kudos though for giving for guaranteeing everyone who qualified for the Olympics their spot next year. Again, it's not perfect as you guys saying with the cycle, but at least those people who earned it because Olympic Olympians are just another level of athlete, they literally train their entire lives. And I mean, at least for NHL players, they don't choose to, but they still have time to go to school and that. Olympic athletes, man, I don't think they have free time, period, some of those people. So, and I mean, you talk about Alex bringing up not having a lot of sponsors. Honestly, I can't name you. The guy who won the gold medal at Vancouver at for moguls, it was the first gold medal in Canadian soil, I think, for the Winter Olympics. I don't remember his name. Yeah, I know. Alex Yeah. Yeah, I know Kenny Alexiak. I know Usain Bolt, Justin Gatling. Um, I-, I can't name you Tess a lot of Olympians. Wasn't Tess? Didn't Tess and Scott win? Yeah, I think they're. Yeah, I think they did. But it's it's outside of the big names. I can't tell you who. Like besides Sean White, I don't know a, a famous snowboarding Olympian, right? Outside skiing, I can tell you like Lindsey Vaughn, and she's not even like. Elite, elite. She was. Uh, the, she was. I. Uh, do you know Amazing Race Canada? I don't remember who the guys. He's the host. He won. A, he was in the Olympics too. Was he really? Yeah, I don't remember his name though. John Montgomery. I don't know. I could be so wrong on that one, but either way, like yeah, right. Like you don't know. Like after the Olympics are done, don't know who these people are. You know what we should do? I don't know why. I was thinking about this when I woke up earlier today. But maybe for the next episode of um, Retro Review, or if we can have another extended power hour, uh, maybe we put together, if we had a Winter Olympics today, what the Canadian roster would look like or something like that. Okay. Just just, uh, open up the bank, put that in, and close it back up. Uh, I see. Kazakhstan? What? Not doing Kazakhstan. I can't name you a single player who would play for Kazakhstan. Uh, was it? Wasn't Nick Antropov? Isn't that Nick Antropov? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay. okay. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> All right. All right. Keep going there. Um. 
But hey, let's go on to the hockey specifically. Wasn't and Borat, this was... Isn't that Borat too? Like. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm gonna I'm changing the subject now. Uh, we all knew this was going to happen, but the NHL Scouting Combine, the Bridgestone Award Show, because that's important, and of course the NHL Draft that was supposed to be in Montreal this year, have all been postponed. Postponed. Sorry. Postponed. I practiced saying postponed four times earlier today, and I still messed it up. Postponed. God damn. But anyway, uh, we're not we're not surprised, lads. We aren't. We talked about this when we were doing our playoff formats about talking about. Daniel wanted to do it in autumn because you're crazy bastard. But, uh, yeah, it's finally happened. All these major events have been pushed back. And, man, hockey coming up soon. This looks less and less likely. I don't think that there's going to be an actual awards show this year. No. Uh, no. I think the draft is going to be online. And I know that sucks for Adam because he was going to go to the draft and it's in Montreal. Mm-hmm. But yeah. there's a pan- again, like I said, it's going to be my answer for most of the questions. There's a pandemic. Yeah. Um, I, I think that I think that's something they can do. Event- Once things are more clear on, OK, um, you know, the uh, curve is being flat, flattened this is kind of a better idea of when we're going to play. That's when they can say, okay, the draft's going to be here. Um, I'm not, again, th- th- I don't know if you heard about this. They were talking about uh, NHL teams are asking arenas uh, about dates in August. Mm-hmm. No. Why? Like, I think they have to keep options open. I know, but again, that if you're playing in August, you're not starting the season October 4th or October 5th. So now, like, unless you have, like, I can see the NHL saying, okay, if we're going to play August, like let's say the cup finals in August, mm-hmm. you start November, in early November, and then next season... Um, the time between the Stanley Cup final, the entry draft, and free agency is shorter because now there's what? How long in between? There's like three weeks, maybe a month, mm-hmm. if they're lucky. I think it needs to just cancel the season outright and the playoffs because well, you can't have free agency right? this year. Yeah. right? yeah, that's what there's I'm saying. No way. Well, that's there's what- no. You can have it. No, no, let me finish. Yeah, yeah. Because there's no way that you can try and plan the rest of this season out. And I, I, I want to think about the players here. Because you need to have free agency done before September. And that is because people need to move their family. That, that's probably the most important thing. Yeah. That they need to have... So I think we're finally... I hate to say this, but... I think... 2019-2020 season Should. needs to just be lit up in flames. It's not. It's done. Yeah. It's over. Yeah, and also, like, I, I think if the NHL does come back, I don't think they're playing in buildings with fans. No. Not, not, not yet. Not even if they can come back. Not yet. Am I a bad person for actually really wanting to see that? 
Like, I really want to see an empty arena game. I mean, it'd be interesting to see. But you would hear I'm, so much. This, this is a random fact, but um, there was like one match before in wrestling. So I used to be a huge wrestling fan. So it was between Kurt Angle and The Undertaker. And Vince McMahon didn't like how that match ended. Yeah. So he reshot the match without any fans there. But like <laughs> he tried to use angles that you wouldn't see the like the chairs or the seats wait, wait, wait. or anything. Do you mean he didn't like the way that he scripted it? <clears throat> like, he didn't like how the writers wrote the ending of that match, so he made the wrestlers go back <laughs> into, like, after the event was done to, to like, get the ending That's he wanted. That's such a so, Vince McMahon like, thing. That's such a Vince McMahon can, thing. I know. You can kind of tell, though, if you look really closely, there's no one in the stands. I thought you were about to talk about The Rock versus uh, Mankind, where Mankind oh. puts The Rock under a forklift of stuff. <laughs> and another empty arena matches. Yo, those classic double days of Mick Foley and speaking of Dwayne. W- speaking of WWE, did you guys see Rob G- Gronkowski's entrance? His first entrance in WWE? No fans. <laughs> Got to be the weirdest entrance in the world. I'm gonna look it up. Uh, I think I saw like a two-second clip, and I was—I just thought to myself, "No, it's so no. weird." All right, excuse if I don't get this muted in time. Hold on. It's It's got to be the weirdest entrance because there's no fans. There's no fans, and he's prancing around. And they did the same thing with Steve Austin. He's like, can I get a hell yeah? And no one's in the crowd. Oh yeah, I'm just like seeing this now. What? How do you? What am I? Oh no! First of all, it's got 10k likes, 2k dislikes, which uh, that's a. Oh no! Oh no! Oh no! Why is he dancing like? Oh no no! I'm not watching this. I know it's so weird. It's when you oh, go crazy with your created player. Yeah. <laughs> oh, 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 no. Oh, can we go back to hockey, please? No, no, no. Oh, dear. Um, We should probably talk about... Man, why did I watch that? Dear, it sounds like I think it was the second player for the Sens as well as two players for the Colorado Avalanche have apparently tested positive for the coronavirus. Luckily, they are quarantining themselves. Everything is going there, but... It starts getting really, really real when players in the league we all love are starting to get affected. But what I really want to ask you about here, guys, what are your thoughts about how they're not naming the players? Oh, I've heard that. That's like a big an issue. I've like I when you contrast know. the NBA and the NHL. I think it's okay. I don't. But mind it was very because we we knew what was happening for Rudy Gobert. We just found out that he's he's fine and everything. Mm-hmm. Kevin Durant. I believe had it or has it, yeah. and, and two other Nets players. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, those were all kind of like there was um, Christian Wood who got it. He was playing for the he plays for the Pistons. He's like, yeah, they released that, and like someone had leaked it or something, whatever. And his he didn't even he hadn't told his mom yet. So his mom found out when all the reports of him getting the getting COVID nineteen leaked. That's that's bad. I don't mind not knowing who it is. I think this is a very different 
uh, set of circumstances than a player getting, let's say, breaking a leg. Mm-hmm. Like we're talking about a like a a disease here, man. Like we're talking about a pandemic. I was about to say, would we be talking about a pandemic? Yeah, like it's different. It's not the same thing. Like the same thing was happening in Europe too. Like players, uh, soccer players were getting it, and it was kind of coming out. And then I think teams were just ended up confirming it. But I don't know if if reporters are really going out of their way to confirm who the players are. I think there was a report that Nikita Zaitsev was one of the Senators yeah. players. It it never got confirmed by the team. So at this point, I think it's still speculation. I don't mind not knowing. Like, I don't think it's any of our business. Oh, Daniel. I think at this point where there's so many coming out that it's not our business, but I think when it was like those really groundbreaking first ones, it was like in the public's interest to really know what's going on and Mm -hmm. what the source is. At least, at the very least, I think now it's just kind of, we're run of the mill now going like, yeah, these guys kind of have it, but as long as the measures are there to be like, okay, we're containing this, then I don't mind. Fair enough. But I understand what Alex was saying, where like, you're going to have to, when Christian Wood's mom found out that way, like, it's one of those things you kind of have to think about where, when I guess as journalists, what is in the public interest? Like, what do our audience have to know? Kind of like, I think that, that, that nugget there is really important. There's nothing worse than uh, debating public interest in journalism school. Man, my God, we had a few assignments where we had to do that. Guys, I want to tell you quickly, I want you to guess. What do you think Tom Dundon, the Carolina Hurricanes owner, what do you think his net worth is? Oh, it has Uh, to be in the billions. That guy threw (laughs) money at uh, a football league like it was nothing. All right, give me, give me, just give me a solid number, lads. Uh, give me two, a solid number. Three billion. Two billion. It just, oh, no. Sorry, so Alex, you're saying two billion. Two. Daniel, what do you? Three. Three. One point one billion dollars. That was close. Okay. Is what Tom Dundon is worth, but the Carolina Hurricanes, starting next week or AKA tomorrow, because that'll be Monday, will stop paying full-time employees. I think the Bruins were the big bad guys about all this paying employee stuff, but I think the Hurricanes, despite being... I love the Hurricanes. I think they're a fun team. I love so much about them, the storm search and all that. But a billionaire not paying his employees now, I'm not a fan of it. I don't like it. Yeah. I mean, I think this doesn't necessarily stop with sports. I think this is... I think we all know about it because these things are being reported to us. But I think this is a bigger issue. Like, if you look, I mean, in Ontario, uh, there's all these things uh, that are essential that I don't think that they're essential. The beer store isn't essential. The what? The beer store is not essential. Sorry. I got something stuck in my throat. Don't mind me. (laughs) It's my own opinion. It's interesting a debate about that, though. No, 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 no. I mean, it's legitimate. Have you no. Yeah, there's people with like with like yeah. health reasons that like they can't go through too many withdrawals. 
all right, that, that's that's different. You don't need the beer store. Just do yeah. the delivery that you're doing grocery store. No, nope. <laughs> beer store. I'm not okay with it. Yeah, if it's if it's health related, that's fine. Same with weed. But just generally, I don't think you need it. That's just my opinion. You're not going to change my mind on it. But anyway, continue, Alex. Um, I, I think it's more than just sports teams. I think this is an issue outside of sports, too. Mm-hmm. Oh, like, for example, the company that my, um, that my brother works at, they've been cutting staff there. And, I, and my brother still has to go into Burlington to work. Mm-hmm. So you, you can tell there, and, you know, there are people there with, you know, with children, um, you know, respiratory issues, and they're just terrified for that. So it's – um, so I, I can definitely tell you, Alex, that, yeah, it, it is much more than sports, and it, it's, it's scary, man. It's it's affecting people. And, I mean, Italy is still at, uh, basically a war zone right now. You just you, – you can't go anywhere near it. It's still – I think even doctors now are starting to die there. Yeah, I so – I saw this was a I think last week there was the videos of all the Ita- of a bunch of Italian mayors screaming in Italian at um at their citizens mm-hmm. telling them to stay inside. My mom showed me like where she where uh, her family's from. They they just got their f- uh, first case uh, last week, I think. Because in the south, it wasn't as like it was an obviously it's an issue in all of Italy, but in the south, there it didn't seem like it was uh, as big yet. But they, I don't, I don't really know exactly what the difference is. But the the mayor came out and sent out a message to everyone there too, just saying, "Man, just stay inside." But it's so funny. I don't know if you saw the video of the Italian man buying pasta. <laughs> No. So he's saying, "Oh, there's only this type of pasta left left on the uh, on on the shelves." I told my wife years ago that this was bad pasta. It was so funny. It was bad, but it was funny. Did you guys see the um, the rugby commentator who's like doing like commentary and like play by play on everyday things? I saw that yeah. he was doing it. I yeah. haven't listened to it. Oh, he's he's. There's one of at like a thrift store, and he's speaking like when he's looking at this jacket. Oh, maybe there's possibly a bad button, maybe a maybe a bad zipper. Oh no, and he's going to buy it, and he will surely regret this decision later. He freaking hilarious. <laughs> anyway, lads, I say we go straight into the full blown hockey. Okay. Um, no more of the virus. Full escape mode, and I say we start with the man, the myth, the legend, Luke Fox. Yeah, so I I asked to talk about this. I'm not gonna lie. I completely ripped this from the last SDP. Mm-hmm. But I noticed something interesting in the article. So it's about a it's uh if the NHL come back NHL does come back uh, next season and there's a lower cap or the cap stays the same if there's gonna be compliance buyouts and there are eleven candidates. I'm going to read you some of the candidates that I pulled out. Uh, Louis Erickson, Vancouver. <laughs> Justin Abdelkader, Detroit. Brent Seabrook, Chicago. Milan Lucic, Edmonton. No, Calgary, sorry. Andrew Ladd, the Islanders. Kyle Acaposo, Buffalo. David Backus, Anaheim. Do you know what all these players have in common? I'll let Daniel go because you told me the answer before the show. 
Um, they're old. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> that is true, but that's not the answer I'm looking for. Um, hmm. Think of 2016. Oh, yes. They're all the summer free agents. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Wow. That's horrible. <laughs> That's what? Seven players? Yeah. That's gross. Out of 11. Out of 11. Man. Oh, like, and Lucic, I believe the Dangle lads were talking about how he has a no move or a no trade coming up, too. That's disgusting. Who thought that was a good idea? Man, I don't know. I don't know. The Seabrook one especially is... Uh, like Brent Seabrook should be done, right? He should be done done. You know why Brent Seabrook was given that contract? Uh, because they won. And you can overpay when you win. You should get some grace from your fans when you win three cups. Yeah. I uh, heard something about like Dale Talon. Oh, so you want to go? No, no, no. Sorry. Oh, something with Dale Talon was he was really late with sending in the restricted free agency protection for like Taves, Kane, um, and like Seabrook. Yeah, he didn't qualify them, so he had to like get them those huge contracts like right away to Seabrook, like Keith, and then like Kane and Taves. I think the Seabrook one wasn't. I think Bowman did Seabrook. I think Talon was. I don't know if Talon, for sure, I don't think he did Seabrook. I think he probably did Duncan Keith because Keith has that weird deal. But I wouldn't be surprised if, like, I know I know he did miss out on the RFAs. I know that for a fact because it's a running joke. But I don't think he did Seabrook. I'm checking now. I, 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 I could be hit or miss or some of that, but I, I don't think he did the Seabrook deal. Yeah, you're right. It was 2011 he signed the extension. Mm-hmm. But still, that Seabrook deal is, um, man, I used to be a really, really big fan of Brent Seabrook and his prime. Like, I loved that defenseman. I loved his hair. Uh, you know, everyone talks about back when Taves had that little freak out in the penalty box and Seabrook came yeah. over. You know, Don Cherry talked about, oh, good Canadian, Brent Seabrook. What a great, great name, too. Brent Seabrook. Like a horse. Coming down yeah, play, but, Brent Seabrook. But pack. it's not as good as Santiago McTur McTaggart. Was yeah. Do yeah, you know um, who's another interesting name on that list? I think I know. Is it Henry Lundquist? No. I, I you know I wasn't surprised by that. But Sergei Bobrovsky. Buyer's remorse. That's Immediately. Sergei Bobrovsky, who just who I guess technically finished his first year of a seven year deal. I'm sick. That's insane. <laughs> I love that. Signs ten million per year at the trade then, like Chris Johnson. So the Panthers have to cut ten million in salary. Oh boy. It looks bad. Are they ever gonna move? No. Never. I want it to happen so bad. Where are they going to move? Go to Quebec City. Please. Not, not going to Quebec City. I can dream out. You know where they will go, though, if they do move? Do it at Laval. Houston. Probably. I'm, is, yeah, which sucks. 
Give Dallas, I mean, sorry, give Texas a second team before you get the Nordiques back in Quebec. Don't mind me. I, I don't think they're going back to Quebec anytime soon. It will happen eventually. Maybe like a long way. Not a hundred years. Come on. Not a hundred years. Yeah. Hey, you know what? So I'm looking at this, and I always forget that Carl Alsner is a hab because he's been in Laval for ever. What do you mean? You but, always talk about Carl Alsner. Uh, yeah, when I want to trade him. Uh, but I, I, I'm thinking. Captain. Sorry? Former World Junior Captains. Yeah, great. Was <laughs> he was like a fifth overall pick? But Alsner, yeah. buying out Carl Alsner makes a lot of sense because um, next year. The Habs have to re-sign two very notable players in Brendan Gallagher mm-hmm. and Philippe Deneau. Yeah, but don't, I left they have, out... like, don't they have millions of dollars in cap space? Yes, but that's not it's not going to be going up, so they're screwed. Oh, that's true. The cap's not gonna, yeah, so like they yeah, so Carl Olsner. And I'm surprised Carey Price wasn't on this list. See, what's going to be interesting with these files, and they also talked about in the Dangle Pod, is if you're allowed to bring these players back. Because if I'm Carey Price, right, most of his money is in his signing bonus. He got a lot of it at the start of the deal. And again, with a compliance buyout, they get all the money and they go. I wonder if Carey Price would think, like, all right, I get, like, $60 million given to me right now. And then signs, like, a three-year deal. Because, I like, the Habs, all of a sudden, I'm looking at it. They're not in the worst shape. Um, but I, I think that they're definitely going to be having some cap issues with this virus. And I think Alsner makes a lot of sense to be bought out. Which, I mean, it sucks because everything you hear is he's the nicest guy in the organization. Great dogs, by the way. But I, I feel bad for Hot Carl. So what you're saying is you want Mark Bergevin and the Montreal Canadiens to do the right thing. Yeah. Uh, but we know how that's going to go. You have a lot of dreams in this episode. First, you mm-hmm. want Quebec City back. Now you want Montreal to do the right thing. Daniel. Do you need some fresh air? I, I think I do, actually. I'm going to go for a walk a little later. Daniel, any other sort of buyout guys that may not be on this list, but you could think about that the team might want to. Also, we should mention David Backus is there at one year. I don't really see that happening, but it, it's there. I don't think the Ducks are going to. They're going to keep him. I got a good one if Daniel doesn't have one. Oh, go ahead, Alex. Okay, this one they've talked about. I don't know why in, why the hell they would do this. But as soon as people started talking about compliance buyouts, apparently the Leafs are going to buy out Mitch Marner. <laughs> what? Excuse me? You're going to buy out Mitch Marner and re-sign him. I want to ask you guys about that. Because if there, there's a few teams I think of that might be in trouble with this, with the with the virus effect, with COVID affecting the cap. Yeah. Uh, I think of Buffalo, I think of Tampa, and I think of Toronto. So if these compliance buyouts come out with the, the cap, it's probably going to stagnate. What do you think Toronto and Kyle Dubas do? Oh, Lord. <laughs> I don't know if a compliance buyout is necessarily on the – table for one of the big four because I I think you look like for me it's like okay you the big four are who? Uh Nylander, Matthews, Tavares, Marner. Like the forward core, right? Like obviously there's mm-hmm. Riley, obviously there's Anderson, but everyone talks about the big four being those players. 
do, do you necessarily have to trade I'm sorry do you have to buy one of them out and say okay your wife like what you're gonna sign who are you gonna sign for less the obvious I don't know, answer, like the obvious answer for me is Mitch Marner This is a hard one. But the but again, he still has Darren Ferris as his agent and he has some mem- people around him who probably aren't saying, "Yo, you know what? They've treated you really well." Like no, like that's just not happening. You can buy him out, but how what are you going to get him at for cheaper? That's the issue. Mm-hmm. I think once things settle down, which I don't know when the hell that will be, but do you look at trading someone? Probably. And who's you don't the, think who's you he... can work around it? Oh, like, like Andreas Janssen, Kasper Kapanen. Oh, I, mean, I think those, one of those guys were gone either way. Mm-hmm. Because you know they were talking about a couple, uh, couple KHL guys coming to, coming to the NHL, and I think it was like uh, Alex Barbanov or something. Uh, that's one of the guys. Um, I don't remember the other guy off the top of my head, but like I got, you're bringing in another guy who you're taking a chance on, chance on, like you did with Ilya, Ilya Mikhaev or Zaitsev or Ozyganov. Um, Nikita Shoshnikov. Nikita Shoshnikov. As as I list the names, my voice gets lower because I realize it's just... Uh, um, you're probably going to have to trade another forward. It depends on what happens with the cap, to be honest. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I think the NHL, if they are going to lower the cap, which is a possibility at this point, because... To be honest, the the NHL makes a boatload of money and probably most of their money during the playoffs. Uh-huh. At the end of the year and during the playoffs. Uh, just one quick thing I wanted to mention. Um, Nikita Sochnikov, technically, Stanley Cup champion. That's true. St. Louis. In St. Louis last year? I thought he was in the KHL. He played five games for the Blues last year, 11 with the Rampage. Didn't play a playoff game, so his name won't be on the cup, but he's going to get a ring. So just a quick thing. I know he's been with the KHL this year for Ufa Salayet Yukle. 48 points in 58 games played. Sorry, say that name again. Um, Ufa Salavet Yukleev. Oh, good enough. I don't even know what the team is. Yeah. Um... <laughs> I think it's really going to be... Di- I think if I'm the NHL, if I'm lowering the cap, it's going to be... Like, you're going to have to really twist their arm because, like, something... It's going to have to be bad. Because if you look... If you pull up the, st- if you pull up the salary cap on cap friendly, there's, like, seven teams who are having crap trouble. Here, I'll, I'll, I'll read you the teams who have the least amount of cap space. The Leafs, 92,000. Edmonton, 482. Arizona, a million. Uh, Calgary, 1.6. Just for some examples there. Yeah. But Vancouver, what's the... 
what's their cap hit, like what cap hit do they have what's their uh, actual Toronto cap hit has 95 million <laughs> that is 10 million dollars over second place Arizona Coyotes at 85 okay yes like, like don't you see the issue like there's teams that are so close to the cap that if you lower the cap it's going to put a whole list of teams in cap issues I wonder what happens to Toronto because uh, the way I understand it, they could fit the Marner deal because of the Clarkson and Horton LTIR stuff. Oh, that's. So what happens now that he's, that they're going to be off the books next season? Well, no, the only reason they could fit Marner with, and still have, I think two people up is because a bunch of people went on LTIR. Ah. Oh yeah, because there was a okay, no. I'm, I'm I don't I I trust you. I'm not going to question it. That because, was the thing because remember uh, Marner came back and like okay the cap crunch is coming. Then Tavares got injured, and then Tavares was about to come back, and they're like the cap crunch is coming. Then I think Janssen got injured or someone else got injured, and then Riley got injured, and then CC was put on LTIR, and we never actually experienced the cap crunch that everyone yeah. was talking about because everyone kept getting injured. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. All right. Like, I don't know what's going to happen. Listen, there, so, there, there was, sorry, just one last thing about the Leafs. Huh? One last thing, and then I don't have anything else to say. I don't know if you heard about the whole Cly- Kyle Clifford thing. Oh, boy, did I? Oh, my oh, God. The- what happened? There was one guy, not reliable at all, who said... Oh, he, I think he was a former scout who said, oh, the, there's talks of uh, they want both sides want an extension, which that part is now confirmed true. This guy said there was an offer. There's It's going to be three years at $2 million. Steve Dangle flipped out on the last episode of their podcast. He was, man, I, I've never turned off the Steve Dangle podcast before. But how mad he was getting, I actually, I took a pause because I'm like, I can't, I can't do this. I'm like, man, like, this, it's not a reliable source. Like, you, and then, and then they, they just started ripping on Dubis. I'm like, man, where, what's going on? <laughs> I'm like, did I miss something? Like, did he actually sign? Like, yes, that deal, three years at $2 million, not good deal at all. It's like the Matt Martin signing. Yeah. That yeah, like it doesn't make sense, but until he signs that deal, then I will. Then I'm not gonna say anything. Like yes, I think Clifford would be a good addition at like a million bucks. If he wants to stay in Toronto, he's. I don't know what he comes in at, but I'd like it to be around a million dollars. All right, before we move on, Adam. What about you for the Habs? You said Alsner and Price. What about what other cap issues do you think they're gonna fix? See, oh, I, what I think about is a. I wonder what are the logistics behind a Shea Weber buyout. But then I think, like, my dear God, the, what are the complications there? If it's two compliance buyouts, first of all, if it's me, I think one for sure goes for Alsner, and the other, I think you need to have a long meeting with Carey Price. I think you do and be like, and this is all to do if these players, if you're allowed to re-sign them, if it's yeah. a different role. 
Um, beside that, their cap problems. I mean, the only real cap situation I think is Montreal is what's the Philip Deneau contract going to look like now? And I think he'll be looking at the J, um, John Gabriel Pagel contract. And how bad will the back half of the Brandon Gallagher contract be? Because no matter what, if the Habs, the Habs are allowed to give one bad deal out and forward, and it has to be the Brandon Gallagher because you can't lose him. You can't. So that that's really it. it it's Alsner or a price if there's a buyout, and I think Alsner goes first. Um, mm-hmm. Again, this is what I, I would I would do. Bergeron is probably maybe there's an Alsner buyout, and that's really it. Okay. Do you think the Kai Price buyout will be like similar to Vincent Lecavier getting bought out by Tampa, or? I don't know because I, I don't know that much about the Vinny. Le- the only thing I know about Vincent Lecavier is somehow he got bought out like three times. So, because the way I understand what this compliance buyout works is just you just give them all the money up front. Like you give them all that they're due, and then they can just go. So, what was the Vincent Lecavier one like? Um, I think yeah, that was like it was also a compliance buyout. Okay, uh, but like that was like a weird one in a way because like technically he was their franchise player for so long, but like yeah. he wasn't showing it for like the last two or three years. Mm-hmm. And I'm... he was still getting like eight million a year. Isn't he like, still I'm... on someone's roster? He's still on Phillies, I think. <laughs> He's also on Tampa Bay's. He is, I think what, so the way I look at it is maybe this one you mean, like LeCavillet is in the buyout history for Tampa Bay, but he's, his hit is $0. Yeah. So maybe if there's a shenanigans where you give Price the money and somehow you sign him and then he also has a separate cap of $0. Also, when the hell did Tampa Bay buy out a Matthew Carl? I don't know, but yeah. Oh, and also what? I forgot to mention um, Max Domi. I don't know how that contract's going to go. I don't know why, but I have a feeling he might get traded. There's been really? there's been there's been whispers where Elliot Friedman has said I've been told that he's gonna get dealt. I've been told that there's that um that it's not happening. I have no idea, honestly. Um also and there's a Victor Mete deal to be done, which has to go through Andrew Ferris. Now Victor Mete's not gonna make a lot of money, but that's still there. Uh, but uh, it, uh, you and, Darren, just go, do you mean Darren Ferris? Yeah, sorry, I'm sorry. Andrew Farron, piss off. Bruin, don't like him. So just to quickly like give a little bow on your answer there, Daniel. I think Montreal's cap issues. Yeah, Alsner is the like the front runner for a buyout. But I think if there's going to be real concern with Montreal's cap, it's going to be next year okay. and uh, July first there because again, Philip Deneau, Brendan Gallagher. That's a lot of money that you have to give to two really good players. So yeah. Okay. Uh, shall we? Sorry, go ahead. I have two questions before we go. Yeah. So I I told you before we started that I had two questions for you, but I'm not going to tell you what they are. Okay. Number one, I'm not. I stole this uh, from a couple places. So, number one, four favorite hockey players. Not necessarily now. Could be any time. Four favorite hockey players to watch. And you get one, and Adam gets one uh, Canadians player. Daniel gets one um, Ducks player, I guess, and I get one Leafs player. And it's one Duck whatever player of all time. No, it's like your I get- four favorite hockey. Yes, of all time, you can put one uh-huh. Canadians in the one Canadian player in the list. Okay, all right. Damn, that's difficult. I know. I gotta write this down. All right. I, I can think of two right away. 
And I already have my hab. That's that's not the problem. Man, that's difficult. You you put me in a situation, Jesus. Yeah, because I knew um, you were gonna pick four Habs players. No, no, no. There's there's one there's one forward that I I would be amazed if I didn't put him on. Um, all right, I have my four. Okay. Um, I'll go last. So I have to find my fourth. I'm thinking of my fourth one. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming you have your four already, Alex. Yeah, kind of. All right. Wow. Damn. Wow. That's that's tough. Those are tough, man. Uh, actually, I'm going to replace this one player with this guy. Wow. Damn. So one duck for Daniel. Eh? That's tough. I'm guessing, I'm guessing he's going to put... See, I was going to put a goalie on my list, but I'm like, no, no, I can't do that. When you said four favorite players, I immediately put Price and Wall right away. And then... <laughs> Is there a limit on goalies? No. No. It doesn't okay. matter. You're gonna put yeah. Marty JS Jagger. Only one you can only put one player from your favorite team. Okay. Do you want me to go first? Yes. Okay. Uh number one, uh Austin Matthews, that's my Leafs player. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um number two is Sebastian Ajo the not the defenseman just to be clear <laughs> just to be clear not the defenseman the Carolina Hurricanes forward um number 3 it's got to be like all mine are current players like i like obviously there's players from before who you can put but for me, it was just like, man, like this is just a completely different game. Even if you go back, like I was thinking, for me, it was like, okay, I'm gonna put Phil Kessel as my as my as my leaf because, like, man, like that's how I started watching hockey when Phil Kessel was a leaf. So, but it's not the same hockey. So Matthews, Aho, uh, Ovechkin, and Elias Pettersson. Oh yeah, he's pretty nasty. It's pretty nasty. Ah, uh, all right. Um, am I good to go with mine then, or do you yes. want to go? You'll have you figured it out. Uh, you go, Adam. Okay, so number one, my hab. Even though he's not a hab anymore, I have to. I want to give credit to him as a hab, and that's PK Subban. Um, when PK Subban was at his best, I don't think there was a more electric player uh, that I've ever seen play. Uh, look up his game seven goal versus the Bruins in 2014. The moment he gets out the bo- the puck, the uh, sorry, when he gets out the the box and Eller gives him the puck, the bell center goes. You think they'd score there, and then when he goes in, makes the move and scores on Rask, it is unworldly. And I, uh, oh, it's just the amount of love I have for PK Subban, not only as a person when he's done in the Children's Hospital, but just just how funny it was to watch the personality, the big shot. Uh, there's just such a special place in my heart for P.K. Subban. Number two, I have another defenseman, um, probably my, my favorite defenseman of all time. Again, this is a guy who isn't the best anymore, but at peak, there was no one I love to watch skate more than Eric Carlson. Um, the famous pastor Mike Hoffman, of course, is one that comes to mind. Uh, I love how he was the one guy who never skated backwards because he wasn't good at it, but he was such a good skater forward that you just couldn't beat him. And also, he has the best hair in the league. And damn, does he look good in a suit. Uh, number three, I have Patrick Kane. 
best hands in the league. I don't care. That's shootout goal versus Minnesota. Oh, oh, like 12 stick handles and two feet. Oh, he's so good. And my favorite player to watch ever. I watch highlights of this guy all the time. His shootout goals, his ankle breakers, his him taking down Shea Weber when he was a prey is amazing. That's Pavel Dotsuk. My dear God, the magic man. There is no one. I said Kane probably has the best hands in today's game. Of all time, it's Pavel Dotsuk, without a doubt. And uh, takeaways, Selkies, I love Pavel Dotsuk. Awesome. Cool, cool. All right. My four. Number one, John Sebastian Jiguer, of yep. course. Um, backstop the Duckster Cup. Uh, was their goalie for a long time. Really showed. I don't know. He, like, was synonymous with the Mighty Duck, even when they won as the Anaheim Ducks. Um, you know, had those stops later on in his career with uh, the Leafs. But, like, the way I watched him in his prime, that was... I don't know. He, he made the All-Star game once. He should have made it at least three times. Um, yeah, like, he had one season, went 36-10. and 10. Uh, Number two, Martin Brodeur. We talked about this in a previous episode. I think he's the greatest goalie ever. I know we've had that debate, but... You know, he had that hybrid style. Backstop the Devils to how many wins, even when they didn't have, like, that trap system anymore. Number three, Marc-Andre Fleury. That one was since the Bull Juniors. That was following his career up until now. I'm still a big fan. He's the only reason why I like Vegas. And number four is Thomas Caberlet. Oh, Thomas Caberlet. I didn't I actually have to think about this one for a while because, like, I always thought, like, yeah, this guy was going to be a Leaf forever. But then I remember when he got traded to Boston, I was like, you know, I like that he got his cup in 2011, but that was a bittersweet moment for me. But I realized, like, this guy made four All-Star games, two when the Leafs were actually competitive, and two other All-Star games when those were the dark days yeah. when, like, uh, Alexei Ponokrovsky was on the first line. Um, your third best scorer was Matt Stajan. And I'm like, Caberlet was just a consistent guy. You know what? You, you say Thomas Caberlet, and I think a lot of people, when he was in Toronto, him and Brian McCabe... Yes. Underrated. I don't think people... No. Appre- in, in this city, I don't think people appreciated them as much. Everyone looks back and sees Sundin, I think, and like McGillney, Gary Roberts. I mean, the team also, like, you know... Don't have to say yeah. it. Don't want to repeat it. Not very good. Mm-hmm. What was but, your uh, second My Alex? second question. So we've gone pretty much almost uh, three weeks without sports now. And <sighs> we probably won't see sports for a while. Oh, except for WWE and uh, <laughs> MMA, because they're just trying to be cool. Um what would you do to get sports back right now? Mm. That's a tough one. That is tough. I would probably... Man, I don't know. I'm trying to think of... Oh, man. Stop building Legos. No, don't do that to me. <laughs> uh, I, 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 Honestly, when you were saying that, I, I honestly in my head said I chop off a finger. In the moment. Um, oh my gosh. I don't know why. That was the first thing that came to mind. I don't know. Um, I wouldn't give up Legos. Don't do that to me. That's my second love in life. So you're saying you would chop off your finger before you would give up Legos? 
Correct. <laughs> so concerning. I would probably I'd shave my head or I'd dye my hair like a stupid green. I don't know. No, I, I said, just want hockey. I would. I said I'd I'd uh, stop playing video games like permanently. Yeah, to I get sports that. to get sports back. Hmm. What did I do? I don't think I'd have anything like explicit. I don't know. I'm trying to think. Um, you don't need a pinky finger, Daniel. Ah, uh, that's true. Um, hmm. Stop my impulses purchases. You know that's been a thing. <laughs> yeah, buying nearly two hundred dollars worth of Lego isn't the smartest thing. I'm just, know. I'm just curious. What possibly are your impulse purchases? Mine, um, hmm, I just bought a basketball. <laughs> uh, bought a Back to the Future keychain. Did you buy a kayak? A kayak, not yet. You know, that's when I get more desperate. Okay. When this, as this, as this sport, this, this, this thing uh, prolongs. You get a um, kayak in your backyard, just on the grass. Yeah, use that imagination. What else? Funko Pops. I have too many Funko Pops. Um, jerseys. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Yeah. Well, that's. Shall we finish off the day by talking about some signings? Okay. Sure. You're probably thinking, people listening, man, it's March. Why are they signing? Well, ladies and gentlemen, we've got the college kids. We've got the NCAA. And I want to start off by talking about how about the LA Kings signing their 2019 first rounder, fifth overall, Alex Turcotte. Um, I can gather from Alex Turcotte, of course. He played for Wisconsin with Keandre Miller and Colt Caulfield. A really good two-way player, a very complete player, um, but he's had some injury problems. Mm-hmm. Only played 29 games this year for Wisconsin. That's tough. You know what the weird thing is, though, that I, I can imagine if ne- we start next season? if he pl- if he I wouldn't be surprised if he plays a, a few games with the Kings. Oh, I wouldn't be either. I mean, there's I a competition there. Pardon? There's a lot of competition for the young guys in LA. Gabriel Velarde is going to be one of those guys too. I I don't necessarily think he's ready for the NHL, but like you never know. Like you want to just throw him in a game just to see what happens. Mm-hmm. He's only 19, so yeah. And I don't think the Ontario Reign are a particularly bad team. I think they were I think they were one of the finalists or they were they made it deep into the playoffs the American League last year, so what do you think of, of he didn't have t- Mr. Um, Alex Turcotte, he didn't have the best showing of the world junior this year, like no. states as a whole, Alec. I mean Daniel, but what do you make of, of Alex Turcotte? Could be solid, I think. Future piece future centerpiece for the Kings, but like I think it's dependent like what you guys said. He's gonna play next year. Like realistically where are the Kings gonna think they're gonna be? Uh bottom of the league. Yeah, but like they still have like all these other big contracts. Like what are uh, they gonna do with that? Like all unless, guys Unless Jonathan Quick stands on his head. Mm-hmm. Just want to point that out. I don't, that's I don't that's what I think. That's not gonna happen. I know, I just <laughs> The next Even if player, all the kids come in. Sorry? Even if all the kids come in, like Gabe, Velarde, everyone, I don't think, I don't know what the Kings are going to do. I don't think they're going to be bad for long. I don't. No. 
I don't. It's just a problem of how good are Kopitar and Dowdy going to be at the end of it. And, uh, man, Drew Dowdy is a weird, weird dude. But anyway, uh, I want to go to the Eastern Conference, and I want to talk about the guy who, of the 2018 draft, was probably the sweetest person ever. Uh, This man was one of the three Rangers, uh, one of the three first-rounders that the Rangers selected in 2018. Uh, leaves Wisconsin. He he was supposed to report to the Wolfpack in the NHL, but of course the season happened. This guy is actually kind of like Brent Burns and uh, Dustin Bufflin, aka he was a forward who's been turned into a defenseman. He's big. He can skate. I've of course talking about Keandre Miller. I like him. I mean, I like him a lot. this guy. Gonna play AHL next year, but I think it's really what they want like it's 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 he's a defensive pro like defensive prospect he plays on the left side like right now you look at the rangers left side i i think that's one of their weak points mm-hmm. i mean the right side is pretty pretty good uh truba d'angelo and adam fox those are some good players mm-hmm. no complaints there Meanwhile, the ghost of Mark Stahl is still on the left. Yeah, like their their left side, like they have some good guys. Like I'm looking um, on their cat friendly page. Obviously, Contre Miller, as you brought up, Matthew Robertson, who's playing in the juniors, and uh, I'm gonna butcher his name, but I'm gonna definitely try. Libor Hajik. Oh yes, that guy. That's in the McDonough trade. Yes. So they have guys there. Like, I think this is just another one of those guys who are like, okay, like, man, it's just part of the rebuild. Crazy to think how the Rangers are able to assemble all of this, like get all these assets so quickly. Yeah, they're another team that's not going to be bad for too long. Like, they're not even that bad. Mm -hmm. Like, they were making making a push. Yeah. What's really weird is uh, I was just scrolling down, and I, uh, what's a bit of a mess for them is they were going to get a bit more cap relief next year because um, the Dan Girardi buyout goes down from 3.6 to 1.1, uh, of course. Oh, never mind, because Kevin Shattenkirk is going to be hitting them for $6 million next year. That's tough. And somehow they are still having a $0 cap hit from Brad Richards. Mm. Ladies and gentlemen, mm. that's another weird one. Uh, moving on, though, I want to talk about Two guys actually for Calgary, and why I really, really like this: Connor McKee and Colton Pullman. Now McKee is a bit of a late bloomer; he's got some top four potential, uh, a mobile guy. Now Pullman is, of course, related to Tucker from Winnipeg, and he's the other side of the coin. He's more of the safe two-way guy. And I look at this guy, and I think this is Calgary doing a very good job. They're covering their bases because Brody Hamannick are both UFAs, and of course. If they leave, they also have Derek Forbart and Eric Gustafson, but who knows that they're going to stay so they keep these two young guys um, as some more insurance. I really like Calgary doing it here. Yeah, I mean, you pretty much said it all. They're, they're really just covering themselves. Like, you look, I think they were a team that <clears throat> earlier in the year we were talking about, okay, what, what do they do with Hamannick and Brody? Um, do you know, do they trade one of them? Do they keep both of them and kind of do what Columbus did and stack up? I mean, they did end up stacking up, but that was kind of due to injuries. See what happens. We'll see what happens, I guess, 
um, moving forward, if any of them come back, I think someone's gonna. I think someone has to come back. I, I, I think it it would not look good if all four of them left. But like you said, like these are just guys. Like they're prob. I, are they gonna play NHL games next year? I mean, they could. I think so. Yeah, I feel like it's gonna be like the Justin Schultz situation when he signed with Edmonton, where he's like this really highly touted NCAA guy, and then it's just knowing how to kind of balance their minutes because like that guy got was thrown into the fire at Edmonton and they had no defensemen, and then he just came from where'd he go? University of it's the same one as Jake Gardner's. It's Wisconsin, right? Justin, you talk about Justin Schultz, eh? Yeah. I think, uh, like, he's just... Yeah, Wisconsin. Yeah, it's like... And that's why I feel like it's, like, the same situation in Calgary. If they lose all these guys, and then they push these NCAA guys that, like, technically they've played against men, bigger guys, for the four years. Right. Um, how much do you, like, ask out of them? Like, because you don't want that Justin... Like, you know, best-case scenario, Adam Fox. Like, worst-case scenario is, like, I don't know, Jimmy VC. <laughs> I was wondering how long it would take us to bring up Jimmy VC. It won't lie to you. <laughs> um, the last real notable guy here, uh, and this is a player I'm very interested in talking about, Daniel, because you're a big Ducks guy, and that is Trevor Zegras. Ninth I'm overall. Excited. Yeah, last year's draft, and here's just a bit of background on him. Uh, he is a centerman, high hockey IQ, and it's not very surprising to hear about this, the, the IQ kind of players. Uh, he's noted as a very good playmaker. And this is a quote from Sam Cosentino, Sportsnet resident uh, uh, draft expert. Quote, think Patrick Kane in terms of puck handling and playmaking, end quote. And this is another sentiment to go into the system, a guy like Sam Steele. And, of course, uh, this guy's a bit older, but Ricard Raquel is there as well. Daniel, I look at Trevor Zegras and I see he's a bit of a smaller guy, 5'11". I think mm-hmm. he's only 175 pounds right now, but he's an example of the Ducks going, continuing to get younger and faster. I love it. Um, everyone, when they were like talking about what would these picks kind of go through now and like who's developing, I kind of felt this guy was like a blessing for the Ducks. He dropped to ninth. Everyone's saying he should have gone top five. I'm excited. Um, one of the other centers, like you mentioned, like the Ducks are kind of like loading up on that center position. You know, like gets left getting old. Um, one other guy that kind of like complements this is like Isaac Lundestrom as well. He's probably going to be like a top nine guy, but one of those really solid guys that can move around the lineup. But like mm-hmm. Trevor Zegers, I think he has star potential, all star potential at least. And something I think that's what the Ducks have been kind of lacking because they haven't had a, like too many lottery picks before. Like last oh. one was Hampus Lindholm. That's a long time ago. Yeah, you, you mentioned him falling. Again, he's that very, very strange 2019 draft where – sorry, no, I'm getting it mixed up another – anyway, the, the weird thing with the 2019 draft is Moritz Sider kind of messed everything up there. Um, oh, I think Dylan Cozens was a question mark because of, of course, uh, injury problems. And, of course, Vasily Putkolzin was another one because of his KHL one. So that 2019 draft is uh, one to look forward to. As well, of course, our boy Cole Caulfield, who fell as well. <laughs> I'll never forget. Um, so, yeah. Uh, what about you, Alex? Tre- uh, Trevor Zegras, a lot of praise from a lot of people here. Yeah, man. I mean, it, 
Daniel kind of said before, like they're really stacking up on that center. You know, you have Ricard Raquel, you have Isaac Lunderstrom, you have now Trevor Zegras. I mean, can you really ha- ever have enough centers? And you think about how valuable centers are in the league. Like, imagine mm-hmm. what you could... If, let's say you have too many centers. You can get a, You can get something for them. I agree. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, just like the makeup of the Ducks now, just... I don't know. It's kind of a weird thing where, like, they... That whole, like, Perry gets left kind of thing. That combo. And then moving on to, like... It's the same thing. Like, I think it's not as explicit as the Rangers, but they are making so many moves that... I'm really happy with. It seems like a, there's a lot of teams in the league now who are actually doing a good job at... I, I don't... Like, we don't know yet about how they're going to develop, but it seems like they've done a good job at drafting so far. Like we Yeah. Talk, like, you look at the bottom five teams in the league right now. I'm going to pull up the standings. I mean, uh, the obvious... Um, teams that come to mind are obviously Detroit. Um they like they have plenty of players who are ready who can come up within the next few years. The Ottawa Senators they have lots of players who are ready to come up. The King or who who they can develop if they develop them properly is a separate question. The Kings we talked about earlier. The Ducks uh we just talked about the only out real outlier in the bottom five is the San Jose Sharks, but they've. I I don't think yeah, any, I don't think anyone saw it, saw that coming this year. But there's a lot of teams there like that have done a good job at drafting. Now they have to develop them. Like even if you move up, the Devils. Okay, you know what? They're at that weird stage where like you know what our rebuild didn't work. We need to restart. Uh, the Sabers, mm-hmm. I have no one that has any idea what they're doing. The Canadians, no one knows what Mark Bergevin is doing. Uh, sorry, Adam. Sorry, Adam. I think you're muted. I was. Yeah. At least they have a good system, is what I was trying to say. Okay. At least they've got good prospects. That's uh, about it. That's mm-hmm. all they. The Blackhawks are at that weird stage, right? Like, yeah, they're trying to find that transition. Uh, the Coyotes. It hasn't worked out as they've hoped, but I think they also have good prospects. The Wild mm-hmm. are finally doing something right. Right? Like, that's just that's just the bottom ten teams. Mm-hmm. And even, like, Minnesota, they have was a thingy Bodie, who's apparently a good prospect. They have a young goalie they just signed who was playing with the Peach, who's apparently pretty uh, good. Hunter Jones. Chicago. Yeah. In Chicago got lucky to get Kirby Doctor overall. Adam Bogfist is gonna be a great player. It's nice to see teams are finally figuring out how to draft and develop a bit. It's nice. Yes. More kids are gonna get a career, helps build the game, all this kind of stuff, right? So I'm like I'm a big fan of the NCAA route, to be honest. Like especially if a guy doesn't go in the draft at all or if he gets picked really low. Um I'm a big fan of them going to the NCAA and like kinda Developing there, you know, at least get educate, educate, get an education, education. as well. Education, education. <laughs> you know what? I think a lot of people underrate. Like, I think a lot of people underrate the NCA route simply because they're coming out. How old are they? They're twenty three, around there. Yeah. Twenty two, twenty three, twenty four. 
And you think about when players are in their prime, and right now, it's been getting younger and younger and younger. So when you come out of the NCAA, people expect you to be in your prime. I think that's uh-huh. the issue. And, and I agree. Like, I think, it's a, I think it's a good route, too. Like, there's players who've come out of college and look good. Like, we talked about Adam Fox earlier in the episode. Dante Fabro. Right? Dante Fabro. Like, there's players yeah. who have come out and said, you know what? It's a legitimate route. But I think a lot of people expect these young players, when they're signed, especially at 23, they expect, okay, we need you to be superstar level. Well, give me two years. Right? I think that's for a lot, an issue for some people. For sure. Like, like what we said, like the bar right now is like Adam Fox, like how he came out of the NCAA. Um, I don't know. It's just like, there's like even like those guys that they develop into like solid role players, but nothing like, nothing like at I guess like all star level. Like Zachary asked Acton Reese on, yeah. on the Penguins. I think like that comes to mind of one guy that made did the NCAA wasn't drafted, but like he's solid. Um, I don't know, like even now we're talking about like Cole Caulfield. I think he's going to be great. I know Habs guy, but I think that was really a solid pick and great decision on him to stay in school. I get nervous with Ed and see, You guys are right. It is a good route to take, and it's underrated. The only I think another little factor about people getting nervous about the NCAA is. Yeah, we talked about Adam Fox, and you mentioned a little bit earlier, Daniel. But then uh, the moment that guy says, I don't want to be with this team, and then yeah. it's either he walks away or you got to, you know, deal him on, on the cheap, right? Like so I Adam think that. Like Adam yeah. Fox, exactly, right? Justin Schultz. Justin Schultz. I get terrified. Absolutely terrified. Like Ryan Paling. There was never a doubt he was going to sign, but I was thinking, like, <laughs> what if? Give, give him a car. Like Cole Caulfield. It sounds like the relationship with him have a good understanding of how things are going. But apparently he found out that he was staying in Wisconsin from this article. that We remember we talked about that article on the show, Alex, right? And it's, it's a good thing that he sounds like he's listening to the organization. He's staying there. But then every little thing I see or hear, I then think about, well, will this player now look at, that, look at this? And now wait. I get terrified about it. I had just I just thought came to me. Do you think that be, we underrated the NCAA route in Canada? Do I think because we don't get as much exposure to it. You like, think that's the reason? Because I think if you go to the U.S. and I've I haven't talked to a hockey fan in the U.S. I, I can imagine they don't know much about the CHL, but they know a whole lot more about the NCAA. That's what I like felt too, like. I'm looking at like from like U Sports right now. Like it's still a competitive league, right? But even here, we don't like a lot of people don't even like for someone who covers it for like die opener. No one really like unless you're a diehard fan of yeah. these things where they are a lot of guys uh, or if the team's consistently winning. Like you're not gonna see people going to these games all the time. Like it's sometimes I'm reporting on the game. It's like me, the DJ, and the parents of the players in the crowd <laughs> and the photographers. <laughs> Yeah, they all think the good players are playing in the CHL. So they yeah. think, what's the point of going to a U game, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, what's the closest it feels like a U, especially in Ontario, the closest a U sports goalie is going to get to the NHL is being an emergency backup goalie. As we know, York, 
uh, that crap school of UFT and are the the best school Ryerson, of course. That's you. <laughs> Alex is smiling at me. Is the only um, way they're going to get it. It is harsh, and maybe we should give more credence and more effort to your sports. But you know what? Next I year, it's part I think we should go to more Ryerson Rams games. I don't know if I should say this, but at the same time, it doesn't feel like universities have either put the most stock in. Like, Ryerson's not focused on the Rams. They're focused on their law school right now as an example, right? So I don't see them. I think there has to be ever from the school as well. And again, all the Hockey Canada guys are going to be focusing on the CHL as opposed to, forget about U Sports, where the NCAA as a whole is just a like the NCAA you could argue in a sense it's bigger than the NHL and especially in the states like March Madness college football yeah. it's all bigger than the, the sports. Yeah. it depends like on hockey sport. I think it's big in the US but like it needs more like hockey's not as big as those two but it needs more exposure I guess mm-hmm. here in Canada like you know Frozen 4 I watched it last year it was amazing it's great hockey. Yeah. Man, Caden Primo has a prospect goalie. Goes nuts when whenever it's on. Loves it. Yeah. It, it's massive there. And maybe that's also the fault of um it, it's also, you know, another fault of the Canadian system that, you know, it or just the NHL in general that like there needs to be like more stock into the NCAA. Mm-hmm. Just so we can I, I mean, obviously the NCAA has its own problems, you know. Many problems. Pay your athletes. Um, yes. That's an argument for another day. Uh, just because I do have to go. Um, I need to help my mother with some work stuff. Um, great sign. So, I know. Well, she did buy me a thing of Lego. So I sound like I'm 10 years old, but I could care less. <laughs> Make fun of me, people. I like Lego more than I like you. I'm not saying that to you two. I'm just saying to anyone. Who, uh, who wants to make fun of me. Uh, there's two more signings I want to talk about, but these are a European player and a uh, Quebecois. First of all, of course, I want to talk about Raphael Lavoie, who fell a bit during the draft. Second over, sorry, second round, 30th overall to the Edmonton Oilers, of course. He split time with the uh, Halifax Moosehead, got tra- traded to the Chichimi Sanguines. I know I didn't say that right. He signs with the Oilers, a center prospect, a right-handed shot. Yeah, man. I, I like a real like junior him. boy. Uh, yeah. Great name. Raphael Levois. Former Moosehead. I love, I have a soft spot for the Moosehead. Jonathan Druin, Nick Ehlers, Nathan McKinnon. Best player in the world. Zachary Fukali. Zachary Fuc- No, wasn't he a Rampart? Was he? Oh, I guess he played with uh, McKinnon and... Uh, Hold Fuad. on. Oh, he did. Yeah, sorry. He only spent one season with the Ramparts. I'm silly. God, remember, there's a list of Habs backup goalies and, man. And Scrivens. Scrivens. Tukarski. Bukali's playing for the uh, the Solar. Sorry, he's he's playing for the uh, the Orlando Solar Bears right now, which is the best name in all of hockey. Finally, I want to talk about a player who's near and dear to my heart. And that is Yessi Yalant. Now, he is a Habs prospect. I'm just getting all the info up right now. He is born October 3rd, 1999. That is five days before I was born. Uh, second overall in 2018, 35th overall, second rounder. He has played in the Liga for the Pelicans, which is a fantastic name. This year, 20 years old. 22 points in 53 games played by Sirion. Please go away. Which sport? Oh, my God. More of that. Um, 
he's been a guy people have looked at, and he's probably one of the most like lesser known Habs prospects. He honestly has top six potential. He was supposed to be playing in the Laval this year, but everything kind of went up in the air. And now, but he has signed his entry level with the Habs. He is a part of the future. He's Finnish, and I love him, even though he was born in Scottsdale, Arizona. Yeah, dominated the World Juniors 2019 for Finland. Yeah, he was part of the Finnish team that won gold. He yet he got a gold. Yeah, gold medal. yeah. we talked about him. Uh, well, this must have been a while ago, I guess. Or it feels like we talked about him three years ago. But um, we talked about him before, right? We were yes. talking about yeah. what players the Habs have to sign. He was one of the names that you said it was. It was a must sign. Yes, it was. There's the guys like Cam Hillis, Samuel Oud that were question marks, but yes, uh, Jesse Lana was one that wasn't even questioned that he was going to be signed. Okay. Yes, he's. A, I like him. I like him. Put him on a line with uh, with with one of the other Finns, like him, KK, Lekkinen, or Yoel Armia. That's your second line right there. Yeah, exactly. You love to see it. Are and plus, of- the Pelicans. What a great name. <laughs> How do you do screen share? I want to. I want. I want to show you the Pelicans jersey. Because it's 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 seriously just it has a giant pelican on it. And who doesn't love a good pelican? Not New Orleans. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> wow! Out of nowhere, throwing um, the jabs. I think. I think we're. Uh, I think I didn't get that joke. Um, am I missing something? The NBA team, oh. the New Orleans Pelicans. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm looking at the jersey right now, um, Adam. I like it. Yeah. Like the... There's a pelican on it. Pelicans are so funny, and like they're such funny animals. I'm just gonna look up a picture of a normal pelican quickly. I love the beak. Yeah, they're funny. They're just funny animals. This is when you pelican. know the podcast has gone too long. No man, there's no like just there's such funny looking birds. Before we, we get to the nitty and gritty, man, did Petey the pelican befriend a stray dog? And it's a like a golden something and a pelican. How do you screen share, guys? I don't know how to explain this to you. Bottom right, share. Can you see my screen? No. Okay, how does this work? Start sharing. Can there you see go. it? Look yes, at this. Sir. That is a picture wow, of the mountains. I love the water. Look at that. And while I have you, still actually, the picture of a mountain. Hold on. Ignore yeah. my YouTube homepage. For anyone watching the video, we are currently staring at Adam's homepage. Hold on. Let's just currently. Oh. Oh. by Oreo. Hold on. Just listen to this. <laughs> listen to this. Oh, that's that's sexy. That's Man, you know what, Daniel? Next episode, I think I'm just gonna sporadically play um, Chris Kreider running into Carrie Price. Why? That's ah. being hurt. Just that's to piss serious. him off. That's, but did you hear the noise when PK gets the puck? Oh. No, I didn't. Beautiful. Anyway, I think that's everything for today, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, it is. If Thank you, you enjoyed this episode, 
like, share, subscribe, no matter what. If you're listening to iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, wherever you have to continue listening to this podcast, show how much you love it. Go ahead and do it. Let us know who are your favorite players of all time. Let us know what you love about the show. Let us know how much you love me because I'm obviously the best. And how much do you love Pelicans? Check out the show's Instagram as well as its uh, YouTube page, all of our social media as well as my YouTube channel. And um, let us know because obviously – I think uh, this Wednesday, are we going to try and do the Moneyball episode again? Yes, sir. Which is my fault why that was not done, so I do apologize. But, um, yeah, we'll talk about Moneyball. And then, Daniel, have you decided what you want to do for us to do the next episode of um, Bizarre Adventures, by the way? Like what uh, you want TB- to TBD, we'll, we'll figure that out. Oh, and, okay. All right. And, um, yeah, Daniel will be playing host for Moneyball because... I, I'm excited to see what you can do, Daniel. Thank because you. Have you you believe in my potential. Yeah. <laughs> Got solid four-star green potential there, eh? All right. <laughs> back, when, back when the NHL games' potentials were like stars instead of like high top six or whatever. But hey, um, yeah, that's everything. Thank you for listening. We love you very much, and goodbye.